Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football by Broto podcast, or the Fantasy, the Broto Fantasy Football podcast. I made a Tim mistake there, and you know maybe I will be making some uh, transitional mistakes today because I'm solo. Uh, no Tim, unfortunately, today Tim is on father duties. He has two sick toddlers in the house, so all his time is currently consumed, unfortunately. But I'm still here for you. I'm going to be. Look, July is just around the corner three days, July 4th weekend. Happy July 4th, everyone who celebrates. Um, just around the corner, which means it's time to start getting down into the nitty-gritty of fantasy football once again. This is where you could really start separating yourself from the rest of the pack and the rest of your league mates. So today I'm going to be going over FFPC targets and fades in rounds one through five. And without further ado, let's get it started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. All right. We are back, and as I mentioned, I'm going to be going through the FFPC targets and fades in rounds one through five. I'm going to be going over... One guy, a couple of rounds I liked, one or two guys. Um, so there's two guys mixed in there or um, or fades. So one target per round, one fade per round. Based on FFPC ADP so far this season, FFPC, if you have never played on it, it's a high-stakes fantasy football site, but they also now have leagues for $5, $35, etc. So you could play for lower stakes as well. If you open up the Fantasy Football Berberto app, which this uh, podcast is brought to you, of course, from... Um, click the little FFPC logo in the bottom right corner and you can get a free $5 league on Brodo. Um, so go ahead and do that. We are also going to be putting the link in the description of the episode on SoundCloud and on YouTube. So either way, no matter how you get there, but I recommend downloading the app a lot more. Uh, we got some articles already coming out from Matt, and we're going to have a lot more coming up now that we're going to be heading into July and August. And, of course, the heat wave is going to be coming at you soon where we go over 30 teams in 30 days. And, uh, yeah, that's always one of our favorite parts of the summer is diving into the heat wave. So with that being said, let's dive into the targets and fades of round one in FFPC leagues. For me, here we go. Round one, the target, I'm going to be a little cheesy here. I'm going to go a top three pick. I think this year... More than ever, I really, really want that top three overall pick between Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and then maybe top four pick. You could even say like Christian McCaffrey and Travis Kelsey. I think those guys are just, you can't go wrong drafting Jamar Chase and his uh, elite level skill. And he played through um, a hip injury last year and he still dominated Justin Jefferson, of course, 1700 yards and eight touchdowns last season. Travis Kelsey is just on a whole other stratosphere in terms of tight ends. And Christian McCaffrey went to San Fran and just continued being Christian McCaffrey about as safe as you could get there. And maybe you could argue that Christian McCaffrey has some, uh, injury tendencies, but whatever. Um, I really like any of those guys there to open the draft. Austin Eckler later on as well. It looks like, I feel like this year is probably going to be his final, like shebang in the, uh, in the NFL in terms of being a clear top, like seven, eight player in the fantasy football world. So I do think, uh, he's going to be great again this season. And later on in the first round, I think AJ Brown and CD lamb are pretty decent targets as well. Round one is obviously a bit more, um, like you're there. It's all stars. So it's not like you could really go wrong. Um, I mean, 
of course, some bust as always, but I think the the top three really gives you the advantage this season or top four, getting a guy like Jefferson Chase in FFPC leagues, Travis Kelsey and redraft leagues. I wouldn't be taking Travis Kelsey third overall, although at this point, I really wouldn't blame you if you did. In terms of fades, I'm going to the back end of the first round here. This is a guy who has a lot of hype around him, but he's just not someone that I'm able to say, all right, with my 11th or 12th pick here, I'm going to take him as my number one player. Um, That's just not something I would be okay with. And that is Aminra St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Um, Aminra St. Brown had a very good season last season, as we know, but I feel like he is basically Keenan Allen, except you draft him in the first round, whereas Keenan Allen, you can get him in the third or fourth round or even fifth round at this point. And Aminra, look, he had over 140 targets last season. He was very, very good, as we know, overall. Great PPR machine, and this is a PPR league um, here in FFPC format, which gives him a little boost as well but I just don't see the upside that you want in a guy. Um, I don't see that top one overall potential there. And someone you could get from like Stefan Diggs, I think maybe has some potential as the number one overall wide receiver. If all goes right this season, uh, CD lamb, you could say the same thing. AJ Brown, of course, can take over at any point really in a game, which is tremendous. Um, but then you get Aminara St. Brown, who, Will the Lions be able to replicate the glorious season that they had last year? That's the real issue, right? Will the Lions offense be that good? They brought in Jameer Gibbs. They brought in David Montgomery. And those are two guys who are going to be getting a ton of work in that backfield, which really you think like you think to yourself that Aminar St. Brown, he's the only guy really in that wide receiver room until Jamison Williams returns. But Jameer Gibbs, man, he can catch passes and that would be, a big, big issue for uh, for Aminar St. Brown if Jameer Gibbs takes away some of those short target, maybe like one to ten yard looks, you know. So it's it's questionable for me to assume Aminar St. Brown still has that huge ceiling that we've seen um, from other guys in that area or guys that typically go in that area. So for me, Aminar St. Brown would be my first fade here heading into round two. My favorite targets here would be Garrett Wilson of the New York jets and Tony Pollard of the Dallas Cowboys. Look, Garrett Wilson was spectacular last season as a rookie. I don't think people realize how good of a rookie season he had. And now Aaron Rodgers is coming over and look, all these people who are saying Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, the overlap between the two, from last season to this season or the similarities. I don't think there really are any similarities. Like the Aaron Rodgers has been with this, has been in this offense before that the New York jets are going to be running this season. He's had guys like Devonte Adams, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, who just dominate every single game. And I don't think Garrett Wilson, who put up over a thousand yards last year with Mike white and Zach Wilson, a quarterback, I don't think that's something that can't not happen. I think it is a good possibility that Garrett Wilson just takes that next level up. And I know he's been a huge 
fade or sell high in dynasty leagues, according to some people. Even Matt Ward himself, the dynasty Don, has said Garrett Wilson is a sell high. I'm not on that. Um, I'm not there for Garrett Wilson. Like, I think Garrett Wilson is someone I certainly want to target. And I think he has, like, I think he has more wide receiver one overall potential than Amon Ross St. Brown does. Like, head to head, maybe Amon Ross St. Brown is the safer choice. But I do think Garrett Wilson has more of a ceiling and more of a it factor when it comes to really winning your league and maybe setting your team apart. And then if you have a later pick in the second round, I mean, Tony Pollard, what more can you say about Tony Pollard, man? 988 rushing yards last year, 371 receiving yards, 12 touchdowns. Once he took over from Zeke, he just became an absolute monster. Like I think Tony Pollard might be one of the easiest second round running back clicks that we've seen in a long time. Like, (sighs) Tony Pollard reminds me of the year where Christian McCaffrey broke out, where Christian McCaffrey went in the late second round, and then after that, he was a top three overall pick for the next, like, five years. I know Tony Pollard is a bit older, and he didn't do it as uh, as quickly as Christian McCaffrey and all that, but this is still a highly dynamic Dallas Cowboys offense, and Tony Pollard is a beast. The guy is just an absolute animal with the ball in his hands, and he's going to be touching the ball a lot. So I think Tony Pollard here in the second round is a huge target for me if I'm starting with a wide receiver. Like if you could start with Jefferson, Chase, uh, Kelsey or so to start your draft in an FFPC league and then get Tony Pollard in the second round, I think that would just be chef's kiss type of material right there. And now to the fade for the second round is Nicholas Chubb. No disrespect to Nick Chubb's ability as a rusher. 1,448 rushing yards last year, 12 rushing touchdowns, of course. But look, we heard, you know, Nick Chubb, he's going to get more involved in the passing game this year. And then guess what? Nick Chubb had how many receiving yards on the year? Less than 100, excuse me, less than 200. 194 receiving yards, not a receiving touchdown. And Kareem Hunt was a non-factor. Everyone who's saying Kareem Hunt is gone now. Nick Chubb is going to get all that work. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Nick Chubb, who's been in the league for as long as he has, has his role, man. And I do not foresee Nick Chubb becoming some workhorse three down back, similar to like a, people want like a Josh Jacobs type renaissance year for Nick Chubb, where they really take over the three down work. And I don't think that's really going to be the case here Um, for Nick Chubb. He's a safe play. But FFPC is a PPR league. That's why, like, Tony Pollard, who's going later than Nick Chubb in FFPC leagues, according to ADP right now, I think that's just blasphemous, if I'm being entirely honest. I'll take Tony Pollard over Nick Chubb 10 out of 10 days, 10 out of 10 drafts, if you want to make that fantasy football related. Um, Give me Tony Pollard over Nick Chubb, even though Nick Chubb is going higher in drafts at the moment. My round three target. I have two targets here, and that is T Higgins and Ramondre Stevenson. Look, T Higgins is just a classic, trustworthy, a thousand yard receiver, receiver, seven to 10 touchdowns, dynamic offense. Like T Higgins is just a, a great, great wide receiver. If he wasn't on the Bengals, if he was on a team that needs a high end wide receiver, uh, he would be arguably a first-round pick. Like, if he was on the Jets and not Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins would be a first-round pick this year, in my opinion. But Jamar Chase is in Cincinnati, and he commands the targets, and you cannot disregard that. So there is some spike week um, up-and-downness that comes along with 
rostering and starting T Higgins in leagues, but that's okay because T Higgins puts up points. T Higgins is a, uh, is a very, very good wide receiver. If Jamar Chase does get hurt, the sky's the limit for um, T Higgins. And he's just, he's a very, very solid wide receiver too, to have on your team. And of course he's going to have wide receiver one weeks as well. And in terms of the running back position, if you're going after running back here, Look, Ramondre Stevenson, I am not falling for this Ty Montgomery. Like, how many times are we supposed to believe that Ty Montgomery is going to have an impact on a fantasy football team or in an NFL team in general? Let's be real. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson last year, 986 rushing yards, five rushing touchdowns, 393 receiving yards, and a receiving touchdown as well last season. He was a very, very, very reliable running back despite the Patriots offense completely getting annihilated week in and week out. It was a disgusting offense and that they actually brought in an offensive coordinator this year. And if you expect the Patriots to even turn that offense around a little bit, it would be silly not to believe in Ramondre Stevenson at his current third round price tag because he's just a, a very good baller. He's going to get a bunch of touches and I don't believe Ty Montgomery is actually someone that you need to be concerned about <clears throat> if you're looking for a running back at this point in the draft. A lot of talking when you're just riding solo. Well, it seems like it's also going to be a little bit of a, a quicker pod since it's just me talking here without Tim, you know, going over the news and uh, cutting me off and stuff. Actually, I'm the one who cuts off Tim. I'll cut him some slack there. But I'll carry on now to round three fade, and that is TJ Hawkinson. Look, I understand the appeal here. FFPC is tight end premium. I, I'm sorry if I didn't go over that. FFPC leagues PPR, but tight end premium, one and a half points per reception for tight ends. And that's where TJ Hawkinson shines, um, if you want to say, if you want to put it in that regard. Um, but look, another year last year under 900 receiving yards um, and another year of just like, Excuse me, actually he had 914 receiving yards last year, so not under 900 receiving yards, just barely over it. Um, misspoke there for a second, but I, it's just, I, I'm i looking for upside here, right? It's round three. You got guys like Chris Olave available maybe in round three. He's another great target. Ramondre Stevenson, like I said, T. Higgins, Josh Allen, if you want to go the quarterback route, Brees Hall, who has RB1 potential overall if he stays healthy. And you're going to take someone who's as safe as TJ Hawkinson. Like, I understand the tight end premium pushing him up. And he had the huge postseason game against Giants, 10 catches, 129 yards um, against Green Bay late in the year, seven catches against the Giants. Again, 13 catches, 109 yards. But then you get games like against Chicago, one catch, 16 yards against Indy in that massive Massive comeback win for Minnesota. Only three catches for 33 yards. A four-catch, 33-yard game against the Jets. A five-catch, 43-yard game against the Patriots. Like, six to ten targets on average. I understand the appeal, but it's just... TJ Hawkinson is about the safest, lowest ceiling pick that you could get here. Because what are we expecting out of the Minnesota tight end? Now that Jordan Addison was drafted to the team as a first-round pick as well. Jordan Addison is a legitimate threat to steal targets. He's not 38-year-old Adam Thielen. And I know Adam Thielen wasn't actually 38, but he was getting there. And he was really uh, not a factor um, last season like he has been in years past. And we saw K.J. Osborne have this like huge year 
as well as the number three wide receiver he stole from TJ Hawkinson. And now we got a first round wide receiver joining the fray with Justin Jefferson already being a lead guy. And sure, Dalvin Cook is out of there, but every single time Dalvin Cook got hurt, Alexander Madison would step in and Alexander Madison would basically be Dalvin Cook. Maybe they're not the same level, but similar productivity. That's what people typically mean when they say running backs don't matter. It's the same thing with Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. Whenever Mixon would get hurt, Samaj P. Ryan would step in, and it would be a very similar output in that situation. So I just don't understand how, I mean, in best ball leagues, in redraft leagues, how you could look at TJ Hawkinson in the third round and think this is who I want to build my team around. Even guys with um, ADPs after TJ Hawkinson on FFPC, like uh, Jameer Gibbs, DK Metcalf, like DK, DK Metcalf is a wide receiver, one type of guy. He could really uh, blow up any week. And then you get like Jameer Gibbs, who has his huge upside as a top 15 overall pick this year. I, I'm just not taking TJ Hawkinson over guys like that. And now we get to round four and round four, I have Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow here. Look, I'm not typically a huge quarterback early guy. I was saying last year how QBs, they went overboard in terms of like how they were being treated. Um, people were looking at quarterbacks last year and just letting them fall and fall further down. And I had a lot of Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrows, Lamar Jackson's because of it. And now it is massively overcorrected this year to the point where Mahomes and Josh Allen and company are going in like the second round. And I might not always reach for a quarterback here, but with the players who are available typically in round four, there are a lot of question marks in FPC. There's guys like Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson, Calvin Ridley coming back from um, suspension, of course, George Kittle, who spends far too much time on the, on the injured list. It's just, it's tough to trust guys like that as your fourth overall as your fourth round pick when guys like Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow are available, who would really solidify your QB position. And that's not saying I'm not going to draft any Amari Cooper or Calvin Ridley or players of that sort. Um, I certainly am in the right circumstances, but if my, if the draft is falling, how I want it to be, I think Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson are very good targets here as high end QB ones players who have QB one overall, um, outputs in their range of outcomes so i do think uh lamar jackson and joe burrow here would be a, a nice little boon to your team if you're able to build a nice core of like say i was going based on my targets say i was able to get jamar chase in round one i was able to get tony pollard in round two i was able to get t higgins or Ramondre stevenson in round three and then joe burrow in round four maybe i wouldn't go higgins if it's a redraft league, it's a lot of Bengals on one team. But if it's a best ball league, it's tremendous. But uh, uh, starting four picks of Chase, Pollard, uh, Stevenson, and Joe Burrow would be something that would certainly make me happy. My round four fade is none other than Nuke himself, DeAndre Hopkins. And look, there's not much you could say about DeAndre Hopkins in terms of his <clears throat> skill level, as we know. He came back last season. Um, I mean, he didn't play the full season with Arizona, but he still put together 64 catches, 717 yards, and three touchdowns. He had that game against Tampa Bay to close out the year of just 10 targets, one catch for four yards, which really screwed over some fantasy managers. But he had some decent, you know, nuke-type games, 10 for 98, 12 for 159 and a touchdown, 10 for 103. 
and that's all good and dandy, except DeAndre Hopkins, he's over 30 now. He's actually June 6th was his birthday. He's now a 31-year-old wide receiver, and he's yet to be signed by a team. He's no longer on the Arizona Cardinals. He's now a free agent and is now June 28th, and we still don't know what team he's going to play for. Do I want to take the risk in the fourth round on a wide receiver who doesn't have a team yet? He's going to have to learn the offense. He's going to have to manage um, to earn targets from those around him. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying DeAndre DeAndre Hopkins won't be able to earn targets, but it depends what team he goes to. Like if he goes to the Bills, Stephon Diggs is, of course, a very big target earner. But if he goes to a team like, I don't know, just uh, shooting, like the the Bears or something, where the quarterback, you know, it's not a lot of volume. They got guys like DJ Moore. Like that would be a bad landing spot. It's it's tough to see a path where DeAndre Hopkins is a clear win at this ADP without knowing what team he's on. And as July comes, training camps kicked off. Like we need him to sign with a team if he's going to be an impact fantasy player this year. And the more he waits to sign with the team, the more I'm going to struggle with adding him onto my roster. Heading into round five now, the final the final fellas here, my round five target. I, I struggle with my round five target here because round five is just a bunch of names that is really like, eh, like Jerry Judy. I'm not a huge fan of Dallas Goddard and Tyner Premium is more of a safe pick. DJ Moore is more of a safe pick as well. Miles Sanders, Terry McLaurin types. But the one that I went with here is someone who I'm going to take the chance on with the round five pick, and that is Chris Godwin. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receivers, and in general, their offense is being hugely downgraded without Tom Brady there, which makes a ton of sense. But let's not forget that... um, Chris Godwin just continues to play very, very, very well when healthy. Last season, he had 104 receptions on over 140 targets, 1,023 yards, and three touchdowns. And now he gets Baker Mayfield. And I know Baker Mayfield is not a great quarterback. Kyle Trask is not a great quarterback. But Baker Mayfield has been able to get the ball to his wide receiver ones in the past. Um And the Buccaneers, if last season is any indication, are going to be trailing a lot and they're going to need to pass. And look, I know there are I'm usually I'm usually a chase good offenses, chase good quarterbacks type of guy. But in this situation, like we saw as a rookie last year, Garrett Wilson have a thousand yard season and four touchdowns with Mike White and Zach Wilson and that. XFL type guy as his quarterbacks at certain times. And now Chris Godwin, who we've seen have big, big fantasy seasons in the past is going to be in a similar boat. I just think as a fifth round pick, he has the upside to surpass um, what people are expecting of him, especially if Baker Mayfield is able to play an average quarterback. Like I'm not expecting a Geno Smith type revival from Baker Mayfield, but like, similar to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett of last year, who are being drafted really low. Um, there's my mic. Who are being drafted really low, not based on their earned production from previous years, but more so their will they be able to do this with Geno Smith and the question marks around that. 
And now we have that same thing going on here with Chris Godwin. I, like I said, I might change my tune here eventually um, as it gets closer to the start of the season. But right now, I do think Chris Godwin is a nice target in round five, especially in PPR leagues, a hundred catch guy coming off last season. And lastly, my round five fades, I have two for you here, Kenneth Walker and Christian Kirk, excuse me. Look, Kenneth Walker, I'm a big Kenneth Walker guy. I thought he was great last year over 900 rushing yards, nine touchdowns, 155 receiving yards. But the issue with Kenneth Walker was that one, he wasn't really catching passes after, um, after that one big game that he had catching passes and Travis Homer was mixing in and, and guys like Travis Homer, DJ Dallas, which was upsetting. And then the Seahawks went and drafted Zach Charbonnet this year in round two, who is able to be a all around type of back to mix in there with Kenneth Walker. I, if Kenneth Walker was alone in that backfield, I would think this was a steal in round five, but without, um, excuse me, with, with Zach Charbonnet now there, DK Metcalf, Geno Smith, Tyler Lockett and company. I don't want a committee back on my team in round five. And we don't even know the extent of what that offense is going to look like at this point. And lastly, Christian Kirk is my final fade. Christian Kirk, I've never, I mean, I've been pretty vocal or Brodo, me and Jason, especially when Jason used to be on the pod, pretty vocal about Christian Kirk being a mediocre type receiver. And last season, he he really broke out, man. 84 catches, 1,100 receiving yards, eight touchdowns. And I get it. I get why people like him, but he was so up and down. Went from a six-catch, 99-yard game to a two-catch, 21-yard game. Three catches for 22 yards, six catches for 92 yards, five for 45, six for 104, four for 46, nine for 105, three for 40. Like the up-and-down nature of Christian Kirk last season was one of the most roller coaster rides of any player all of last year. And people seem to not really notice that was happening. I don't think because the overall numbers look so nice, especially based on his ADP last year, he certainly outpaced his ADP where he was going in the seventh or eighth round. But now Calvin Ridley has joined the fray there in Jacksonville. And I believe Calvin Ridley is a better wide receiver than Christian Kirk, a uh, similar, similar type of, uh, similar type guys in terms of productivity. Like last year, Christian Kirk's productivity is similar to Calvin Ridley's productivity before, um, before he was suspended, of course. But I do think Calvin Ridley is the superior option here. And I think he is going to be the superior option in Jacksonville. And even if Trevor Lawrence has a huge breakout year, I'm not sure that Christian Kirk is going to be the guy to, uh, to return value here on it. When you have Calvin Ridley now there, you have Travis Etienne, entering healthy into this season um evan ingram after a breakout type season last year again so kenneth walker and christian kirk are my fades for round five and that'll be all thank you guys for listening as i mentioned the ffpc um adp is what i was basing this off of ppr and one and a half tight end premium go on to the fantasy football by brito app click the little ffpc logo in the bottom right corner and join any new users get a $5 league on us, on Brodo. You're welcome. Um, you could also click the link in the, if you're listening in the podcast description or on the YouTube description, if you are watching. Um, but yeah, go ahead, download the Fantasy Football Brodo app. Thank you guys for listening.
and Matt, the Dynasty Don, will be back next week. And then soon we are going to be kicking off the heat wave. We're going to be diving into a lot more redraft material now that July is just around the corner. Two months till the start of the NFL season. Very exciting. So look, um, looking ahead, you're going to be getting a lot of Brodo content. With that being said, later.